start your engines. Uh, you tell me that about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Jim Paris here with you. We are live on Sunday nights. A lot to get into tonight in our new segment. And then at 9 30 p.m., our good friend L.A. Marzuli is here. It really worked out perfectly because we knew we were going to get that disclosure, that so-called disclosure report from the government, and that came out uh, just a couple of days ago. I don't know what to make of it, and honestly doesn't seem like there's much of a concession there of aliens, um, maybe a little bit of a concession of some just unexplained phenomenon, but we'll get Ellie Marzulli's take on all that coming up in about 29 minutes. Next week is 4th of July, actually on Sunday. So we made a decision to uh, schedule a best of broadcast. So we will not be live next Sunday, but we will pick some great shows to run for you. The other thing I've been tinkering with here is the idea of doing like some mini episodes. I'm seeing a lot of uh, podcasts and broadcasts doing this where, uh, you know, maybe instead of like firing up all the TV lights and the cameras and all of that, and doing a big, you know, 90 minute discussion, I could just pop, you know, on with some audio for maybe a few minutes, five or 10 minutes, or even come in here to the studio and do something, you know, that's just uh, three, four, five minutes long. So maybe I'll try that this week if time permits to, to be able to do that. In any case, welcome to the broadcast. We are live on Sunday nights. My name is Jim Paris. Our website is christianmoney.com where you can go and find my latest articles my latest videos and links to all of the books that i've written all right a lot to get into tonight in our news segment this news coming in just before we went live president biden has ordered military strikes against iran-backed militia in syria and i didn't have time to really digest this and get into it in a lot of detail but i can tell you that um I don't know. I've had a feeling that Biden has wanted to get involved in Syria. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because liberals don't appreciate that about Donald Trump, that he uh, got us out of all of these wars, whether you agreed with them in the beginning or not. I think most of us thought, you know what, staying in some of these areas like Afghanistan for, you know, what, 20 years, that's just too long. Um, so here we are. I don't know what this means. I don't know whether it was justified or not. The little bit of the story I read was that uh, the installation they hit was that of an Iran-backed uh, military uh, group in Syria, and this had to do with unmanned aerial uh, devices. So this is basically, you know, uh, maybe where drones are launched from, that sort of thing. Uh, so that's what was hit. Uh, we'll see overnight what that leads to if there's any escalation in that area. Man, it's just amazing to think that Syria is still 
still going through all of that. It's just some parts of this world just never, ever seem to be able to achieve peace. Well, uh, former President Trump uh, has restarted his rallies. And uh, I, I haven't seen video of any of this, mostly because from what I understand, none of the major uh, channels are broadcasting uh, this. So you've got to go to the little bit, you know, lesser known channels or look for it on YouTube. Uh, but apparently all reports are that big crowds are turning out and uh, Trump is being Trump. And apparently this uh, series of appearances that he's planning to do is targeted to go after those people that did not support his agenda when he was uh, the president. So this would be to promote a primary opponent, that sort of thing. Uh, so that looks like uh, what's happening. I'm still hearing this buzz also. I, I have no way to know whether it's true or not, that there's supposed to be some major announcement in July by Trump that uh, he's going to launch a social media platform. Uh, maybe that's going to happen. That would be tremendous. I'm still honestly confused about Mike Lindell's platform, frankspeech.com, which um, I haven't checked it in a few days, but he's been up for maybe, what, seven, eight weeks now? And I, there's no way for you or I to post to the site. So when he announced it, he said it was going to be the combination of Twitter and YouTube, and it was going to be social media, meaning that you know we can contribute to it. Those of us, you know, out here in Internet land contribute our own posts like we do on Facebook and other places. But uh, that's not available yet. So and I don't I can't find anywhere where that's being explained as to why it's not available for us to post yet or when that will open up. In fact, I've got a lot of people on my Internet online coaching program asking me about it, you know, like I have some kind of inside track to Mike Lindell and all that. I, I don't. I wish I did know what was going on. I mean, I know he's using that site to mostly promote his own movies and his own uh, video broadcasts. There are some other people he's got on there also, but um, there's no way to just post to it like you would to Facebook or Twitter. Uh, this story of this collapsed building near the South Beach area of Miami um, has really got my attention. And I, I, I've got to take a few minutes and really explain this to those of you that don't live in Florida. A lot of these areas, a lot of these beach areas, if, if you visited Florida, you'll notice when you're driving down the coastline, in order to get over to the beach side, you usually have to cross a bridge or in some places it's called a causeway. Um, these areas uh, are are largely man-made. These are not naturally occurring. So what you have is the Intracoastal Waterway, which is largely man-made. It's dredged out. And then what happens is a lot of that uh, soil that is dredged out to create the Intracoastal Waterway, which is a canal, really is all that it is, that uh, soil is then used to build up what is many times very marshy uh, real estate that is the beachfront real estate. Uh, some people don't know this, but not all of Florida has a beach. There's some areas just south of Daytona Beach, an area called Edgewater, where you can't, their, their little area where it would be a beach is just marshland. Well, the truth is that a lot of Florida was like that. 
Um, a lot of St. Augustine was simply marshland. And so what happened was on a man-made basis, they, they dredged out soil and built up a lot of these areas. So that being said, you have these very tall uh, hotels and condos that are built along the beaches in areas like Miami Beach. And it, it, it raises a lot of questions. First, should you be building these tall structures uh, in that type of a soil? Uh, you know, obviously, this is the first time that I'm aware of that something significant like this has happened in the United States. We've seen buildings collapse in other countries where building standards are not the same as, as ours. But we now know that this building has been sinking which is really no surprise. Uh, apparently, this is a building that was erected in 1981. So we're a good 40 years out, and the building has been sinking. Apparently, there was an engineering report uh, two or three years ago warning about serious problems with the building sinking. And if you haven't seen the pictures or the video, it's very reminiscent of what happened in Oklahoma City with that the bombing of Oklahoma City when, if you remember the, the picture of, of, of half the building being gone. Now, I'm not suggesting there's a bomb here. I'm just saying that looking at it, it looks the same. It isn't that the whole building collapsed. It's just that about half of the building uh, collapsed. It raises a lot of questions. So first of all, uh, should, we, we, should we be building on this property where it was, you know, marshy property that uh, you know, we, we, you know, added dirt, you know, man-made, uh, attempts, you know, to, to build there. Uh, you know, it's only because of that. It's not a naturally, uh, solid place to put a tall building. Should we be building there? Number one, number two is what is the risk to the other buildings around there of similar age or even older in similar kind of soil? If you've never visited the South beach area, it's a very beautiful area. Um, it's very uh, eclectic. Uh, you see everything there. Uh, no kidding. I mean, one of the fun things to do is to sit on, sit outside and eat dinner on Ocean Drive and watch all the people come by. You know, people will roller skate right past your table wearing a bikini. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, but it's a very interesting place, um, you know, very cultural place. But in any case, when you're in that area, you see all of these high-rise uh, condos and and hotels, and and some of these condos go for five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars for one individual unit. So the question is, you know, should we be building there at all? What is the risk to the other properties similar in the other similar properties in the area? And then the third thing is, how how long is how long is a building good for? I know this is something we don't think about right in the United States because we're a fairly young country, right? But, you know, in some parts of the world, I mean, you can go and see uh, structures, you know, the, the ruins, if you will, of, you know, structures from hundreds of years ago or even over a thousand years ago. Some of these structures are still there, especially in places like Greece and Italy and so forth. But realistically, how long should a building last? So, and, and, and that, you know, this might bring kind of some new math to all of this, because if you're somebody that is now living in one of those buildings that is similar to this building that collapsed, 
in in a very you know similar neighborhood in the Miami area. I mean, what do you do? Do you do you still like kind of operate like normal, ride the elevator up to your place and and go to bed at night like nothing happened? Um, I think there's going to be a lot more to this story. I'm frankly surprised there's not a lot more coverage of this in terms of the wider effects. Maybe that will happen after all of the recovery of the dead uh, takes place. But it would seem to me that there's now a large question mark uh, about all of these tall buildings all throughout South Florida uh, and, and maybe other parts of Florida as well. Uh, when, when you just think about you know, these areas are not naturally good areas to build. And this might be a story that should be on with George Norrie, Coast to Coast AM. Uh, this is strange, but I wanted to share it with you tonight. A, a family um, is getting phone calls from their missing grandparents that live in that building. This, this family that also lives in Florida are saying that they've gotten 16 phone calls from their grandparents who were in the collapsed building and the grandparents are, are not accounted for and they're getting calls from their landline phone inside their unit in the collapsed building. Now, doesn't that give you chills? And I'm so I'm reading this story and I'm thinking, well, wh what are they hearing when they answer the phone and they're hearing just static? But they continue to get these phone calls, a total of 16 phone calls now so far uh, from these grandparents uh, that are, are unaccounted for. And it, it's a tough thing with this recovery because on one hand, you want to remove uh, the debris. There very well could be someone alive in there. This, you know, we've seen this in other parts of the world where a collapsed building, people will be pulled out of there even a week or two later and, and be alive somehow. So, so they're doing that, but they also have to be careful because this entire structure is not sound and maybe uh, pieces could fall off or the rest of it could collapse altogether. Who knows? I mean, after all, Florida, we are the state that has these so-called sinkholes where, you know, an entire house can just, you know, disappear into the earth. Um, that's not what happened here. As far as we're being told at this point, this is not being blamed on a sinkhole. It's just simply soft soil that occurs when you're, you know, a block from the beach, which is how all of these places are built right on the beach. And that's where you have the beautiful view and you ride the elevator down and you walk two or three steps and you're you're on the sandy beach. So in any case, our prayers and condolences go to the families that are being affected by this. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about the economic impact, not just to this one building, but to that whole area and really what this means. All right, before we get into the rest of our news, I want to let you know about the tonight's sponsor keeping us commercial free is internetpaycheckforlife.com. Now, I wanted to tell you something I did this week. I added an additional free video to the site. So if you're somebody that is interested in learning how to create an internet paycheck for life. There are four free videos for you. You just go over there, just click on the videos and watch them. Um, there's a lot of good information you'll get. Um, we also have a free sort of kick the tires trial that you can take if you're considering joining and you're not sure. There's a way you can kind of try out 
uh, the classes as well. But what it is, is I teach you everything I'm doing to make my full-time living working over the internet, creating that portable income lifestyle and uh, helping those of you that don't have enough money, save for retirement to supplement your income or replace it all together with an internet business. Tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free, internetpaycheckforlife.com. Go grab your four free videos tonight, internetpaycheckforlife.com. All right, you might have heard the story about the virus software creator, John McAfee. He's also was also a very big Bitcoin and cryptocurrency enthusiast. He died this week in a Spanish jail. Now, why was he in jail? He was being held in a Spanish jail awaiting extradition to the United States. As I understand it, he was facing tax uh, fraud charges and also fraud charges related to cryptocurrency. He was uh, a very, you know, bombastic guy, uh, made a lot of news, uh, sort of, you know, uh, went out and kind of dared the government, challenged the government to come and get him. Uh, he was very mobile, living in different countries around the world. I believe most recently he was living on a boat. Uh, who knows how much he's worth, um, but uh, he, he, he uh, owned quite a lot of cryptocurrency and, of course, uh, cashed in by selling his McAfee antivirus software, which still bears his name, uh, but he hasn't been involved with the company in, in many years. Very, very colorful character. The latest news on this is they found a suicide note in his coat pocket. However, there are news stories uh, from the last several months where McAfee predicted that he would be killed in prison and said, don't believe it if I, quote unquote, commit suicide. Don't believe it to be true. So we don't know what happened. Um, you know, when somebody comes out and says, I would never commit suicide if I'm, you know, if, some, if they find me dead and say I committed suicide, don't believe it. That's pretty compelling, you know, but on the other hand, I don't know. I personally have a hard time believing he committed suicide because whether right or wrong, he was one of these guys that felt like he was, he was morally and legally in the right, whatever he was doing with his taxes and cryptocurrency. At least that was his public face that he put on. That was his poker face that come and get me if you want. I'm going to win in court. I'll take on the government. He was that kind of a guy. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I can't imagine him committing suicide prior to at least having a U.S. trial on these charges. Unless there's something else we don't know about it. Uh, but you always wonder, you always wonder when somebody supposedly commit suicide uh in in jail of course there's you know still a lot of unanswered questions about the whole uh, epstein situation so i've been studying the events of latin america recently i'm in fact taking a, a class of all about latin america and i found this story very interesting uh, el salvador is now going to adopt bitcoin as legal tender in the country and uh, what's interesting, if you do any traveling to Latin America, many of the countries there 
have uh, gone to the U.S. dollar. Uh, for example, in Ecuador, um, I think it was about 12 or 13 years ago, Ecuador switched completely over to the U.S. dollar as their currency. Now, in some countries, they have both their own currency and then they also accept the U.S. dollar. You'll see that a lot also. But you're seeing a lot of countries in Latin America that will make the U.S. dollar their primary currency, like in Ecuador. And, you know, people wonder, well, why would they do that? Because their own currency collapsed and being a, a really small country, it might be hard for them to, you know, uh, create a currency that people have confidence in. So just uh, adopt the U.S. dollar as their currency, and that's what they've done in Ecuador. Well, this is interesting because what's happening in El Salvador is that they are adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. And uh, it's interesting, they're offering their citizens who set up, they, they've got a wallet system they now have in place. The wallet is called Chivo. And they're telling their citizens, if you open up a wallet, that we will give you $30 in Bitcoin for free. So the story I was reading about this earlier today is that the country of El Salvador has to buy like $130 million in Bitcoin to give away the $30 of free Bitcoin to all of their citizens that open up um, this Bitcoin wallet. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things in Latin America when it comes to currencies. For example, um, e even here in the United States, um, there are a lot of uh, Latinos that do not use banks. And so this whole cryptocurrency movement is especially interesting to those people that are unbanked. And then there's the whole uh, situation with Latin America where there are remittances. Now, this is largely to Mexico, but it's also throughout all of Latin America where people will, uh, you know, maybe come to the United States, for example, and they'll get a job and then they will send back home money. Well, that has been done historically uh, through very expensive means like Western Union, for example. But now with cryptocurrency, a person remitting funds back home can simply buy the cryptocurrency here in the U.S., and simply transfer it with virtually no cost to their family back in Latin America. So for the unbanked uh, and for those remitting funds back home, uh, it's a big deal. And I think Latin America could really be a stronghold for cryptocurrency. We already have uh, Puerto Rico, which of course is still part of the United States, but its history is you know, certainly colonialized, uh, settled by, by Spain. Uh, it may become a U.S. state at some point. It's certainly a U.S. territory presently. But nonetheless, uh, Puerto Rico is uh, really encouraging crypto investment and considering their uh, region to be a, a like a crypto uh, currency haven they're trying to create there with a lot of uh, tax and other financial incentives. So a lot happening with Bitcoin and the price of Bitcoin, of course, dropped down to what was it was in the just below 30,000. Uh, but I'll get a current quote here right now. Uh, and by the way, you know, this volatility, it's uh, 34.5 right now trading uh, live if you're watching on Sunday night. This volatility is actually really good uh, for cryptocurrency. If you've been involved in cryptocurrency for a short period of time, this is probably really scary to you <laughs> that you go to bed and it's like down 10% the next day when you wake up in the morning. Um, you don't normally see this kind of price movement 
with your stocks in general, you know, your more mainstream investments. But this is normal for cryptocurrency. And what you find is these periods where there's a lot of volatility uh, tend to be followed by uh, very sharp upward movements. So if I had to guess, I would say that much, much higher prices are ahead for Bitcoin in the coming months. Uh, in fact, I would say within one year, at least $100,000 for one Bitcoin. Uh, no question about it. So this is an opportunity uh, for people to get in now and get in on something where there's, I believe, a very good chance of tripling your money over the course of a year. And as I always say, check with your financial advisor. I can't tell you how to invest your money. And anything you put into cryptocurrency, consider it speculation because you very well could lose it all. But on that topic, if you're somebody that if you're interested in learning more, maybe you've heard people talking about Bitcoin, but you yourself, you just don't know enough about it to feel comfortable even putting a dollar in. You just don't even understand where to get started. Well, if you look over my right shoulder, there's my book. It continues to sell well. It's the 90 minute Bitcoin quick start. And the book is really broken down into really two sections. So there's the, the 90 minute quick start section, which is all about how do you get started from knowing nothing about Bitcoin to setting up a wallet and making your first purchase and how to do all of that. You can do it in an hour to 90 minutes. And that's part of the book. The other part of the book is all of the other cryptos that are out there, you know, whether you should consider spreading your money out and buying some other cryptocurrencies, because there's uh, quite a few out there um, that I like as well. I discuss in the book how to find other options other than just Bitcoin. And uh, there's quite a bit in there, including an entire chapter on different ways of getting Bitcoin for free, which people love that chapter as well. The book is available in Kindle. It's available in paperback. It's also available as an audible audiobook. It's the 90 minute Bitcoin quick start. You can find that uh, over at Amazon.com. All right. I'm really interested uh, tonight uh, in what L.A. Marzulli has to say, because I know that a lot of you have been wondering about this government uh, release. You know, is the government going to come out and admit there are aliens and we kind of officially call it disclosure and all of that? Uh, so we're going to get into that here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, what we're going to do now is refire the open and we'll be back with our good friend L.A. Marzulli in our guest segment in about one minute. Stand by. We will be right back. <laughs> 